Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. starting to feel a little bit silly. This is where it all comes together. Oh my god, you wouldn't have believed it. He's got people on his team who care about him. This is not a fight you want to do. Get your arms off of me. Pull whatever pieces you want. Because it was a bad place for you to be. I have to say, that rabbit stew was perfect. You always could bring a smile to my face. Sorry, this sucks. It hurts. Oh, I love you guys. I feel like we buried you that day too. Welcome back. 
back to Dice Shame. This is episode 150 on Borrowed Time. MVP this week is Tortoise of Fury for their wonderful review. They made us nostalgic for talks of tall burgers and secret candy. Secret candy. We cannot wait until you hear what we have next. Thank you so much, Tortoise. This weekend is Fan Expo 2022 in Toronto, and Dyshane and Malevolent will be there. Join us on the show floor at the Canadian Podcasting Awards booth on Friday around noon. And it's also your last chance to RSVP to our social events on Friday and Saturday nights. If you'd like to hang out with Harlan and I, as well as meet some of our lovely community members, go join our Discord or Patreon and we'll fill you in on all the details. Expect nachos, beer, and a lot of laughs. We can't wait to see you. All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's play some D&D. Woo! Your horses are outfitted with swinging lanterns that light the wintry road between the Hamperat Villa and Noanar's Hold. It's been a long time since you've traveled on familiar horseback. Maybe you're reacquainting yourself with the feel of the saddle beneath you and your mount's particular dispositions. We have Shitfart, <laughs> Amakir, and Glynn, as well as B and Orin, who've opted to come with you, mostly to see what all this fuss is about. You know, I'm starting to feel a little bit silly about naming my horse Shitfart. Now... Anyways, I do feel I feel strange about not uh, waiting for Red. That mm. how far behind you was he? Be I mean, I would have expected him even to see us as we were taking off. You know, Dad, he sees something and gets distracted, and I'm sure he'll no. catch up with us once he sees our note. Yeah, I'm true. I wasn't supposed to leave a note, was I? Nope. I, I don't worry, Doran. <laughs> Doran, I thought you left a note. I, oh. I took care of it. I'm oh. always happy to one to write a note. I will jump at the chance. If you... <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's fine. He knows how to look after himself. That red trotting along. Dorn turns to uh, he kind of saddles up next to Jack and he says, uh, "So, uh, Jack, what uh, what's the deal with uh, you know uh, Krilop and then?" <laughs> <laughs> I re- I've been, I, it's okay. I've, it's a, real, I've just started miss. this character. Oh, yeah, man. I've been at a loss of words for like What's days, the deal? With- um, I don't understand uh, really why Kraloth would be so concerned about uh, going to find these uh, Knights of Kalimvor. I mean, he used to be one, but I don't know. If I imagine myself as Kraloth right now, certainly, you know, from everything he's kind of hinted at, didn't depart Kelimvor's service on the greatest terms. I could picture that, but I mean, I think we got to be thinking about that. That's a village full of people, man. We people we thought we—I don't know—I thought we tried to save and make their lives better. Well, people are burning it down, or whatever's going on. We got to go help. Yeah. Whatever Kraloth's reasons for going, I'm sure the good will come out of them. Yeah. Kraloth, you're up ahead leading the party through the twilight woods, the crunch of your horse's hooves sounding loud in your ears. And I I hear the conversation behind me kind of muffle out. And as he's riding, he reaches over and he, he grabs onto his mace. And just with one hand, the other hand on the bridle. <laughs> yes, horse terms. Tuning into himself. 
he begins to speak. He says, Rael, it's finally happening. I'm gonna have my chance, my moment to, to get back at Kelimvor for how he wronged me. Oh, you know, I gotta thank you um, for everything you've, you've given me, the, the, these, these powers. And he feels the, the tingling of his body, the, the power that he feels at his fingertips. He feels more powerful than ever. <laughs> I, uh, I've never felt like this. And not when I was alive, not when I was a husk of a servant to Kelimvor. <laughs> now, now I know what it feels like to truly exist. Please help me to continue to balance my own scales as I see fit. Give me the strength to do what must be done. And with a grin, he releases his mace and picks up the pace just a little bit. You ride into the night, the breath from your forces rising in plumes as you disappear into the darkness. You make good time arriving in Noenar's hold in the early morning. The sun has dawned red into the sky. The pine woods unfold around the village of Noenar's hold, revealing itself to you in the dawn light. The last time you were here, you left the town ablaze after the confrontation with the hunt lords, having hurled a massive ball of fire to take down the undead threat. Now, cottages still bear the marks of the old combat, with scorched black logs, some bearing the patchwork look of new lumber mixed with old. On the hilltop, overlooking the quiet village, the Hunt Lord's Keep sends up slow plumes of black smoke into the sky. From this distance, it's hard to gauge the damage, but clearly a fire burns from somewhere deep inside. The rest of the village appears to be safe currently, though there are no signs of movement, not even from the White Heart Inn. Well, you were right about one thing. It's certainly not a town party. I don't see any celebrations and that fire is burning something hostile. Hmm. That must be the knights. They've uh, found their mark. Hmm. Is that what they do? Like moths to a, a lamp? In a sense. Except uh, if a lamp is... Anything having to do with undeath. <laughs> mm. More like fireflies in this metaphor. Oh, come on. We're wasting time. Looks like the townsfolk are all right. We should see what they're up to. Yeah. Say, Kraloth, uh, w- w- what are we going to do if we, you know, come face to face with um, these knights? I mean, are we really going to kill, you know, those who used to be your brothers? I mean, what? they're not going to attack us, right? And Kraloth stops, and uh, he turns Glynn around slowly and walks back up to Doran. And Kraloth looks Doran in the eyes and says, I'm going to let them decide. There were a lot of issues with my old order. I have a feeling that uh, they will not be happy about my presence, but... uh, Perhaps this can be an opportunity for growth among the ranks of Kelimvor. Hmm. The sound of steel horseshoes on cobblestones heralds an approach. 
echoing around the stillness as if searching for you. An armored figure atop a mare in barding, sitting poker straight in their saddle, approaches. You observe an amber-skinned tiefling with an aquiline nose and calm orange eyes. She grips a mighty-looking greatsword in one hand, the reins of her horse in the other. On her gleaming breastplate, the scales of Kelimvor are etched atop licking scrolls of flame. Have you come to settle what has been left undone, lich? Kraloth looks around. I see no liches here. Are you a lich, B? Leave me out of this, Kraloth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no liches here. Just four travelers. So what do you call yourself, then? Oh, well, my name's Kraloth. This is my friend Jack, and my friend Doran, and my friend B. Hello. We saw the fire on the horizon, and uh, came to investigate. What brings you here, knight? You cannot hide your true nature from me. Oh, I do not mean to. And so do you deny yourself? I still don't see how that makes me a lich, if that's what you're implying. Who are you? I am Janella Tane, the Necrobane of Oria. And I am here to do battle with the ones known as the Hunt Lords. Oh. Mm. Oh, you might have missed that. I know of what happened here, and of the ways they have changed. It is kismet that I have come across you, Kraloth. Oh, mm-hmm. So you'd heard my name before? Yes. You hear that, guys? Mm-hmm. My reputation precedes me. Strange situation. I've heard your name before from the lips of Kelimvor. Many of us have. You were a knight of the Eternal Order yourself for a long time. You did a lot of good work. I've never heard of this knight of the Eternal Order. Uh, yeah, it's uh, before your time, young one. It's a long story. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You look like you've got important things to do. None more important than this, which lays before me now. Oh. I am ready to set you to your rest. Whoa. Oh, well, uh, I wouldn't mind a good sleep. It was a long night of riding, but uh, it's okay. I can put myself to bed, thank you. If I were you, I would beg for the end. I would need to know that there were still those in the world that would seek me out and destroy me, who would recognize my nature for what it is, an abomination. Have you fallen so far? Oh, I thought that was a rhetorical question. Um, let's see. Have I fallen far? Well, I mean, yeah, I may be undead. And uh, I may not be among your ranks anymore. The ones that would seek out undeath. Uh, in fact, I have come to learn that there are ranges of how one can live there. Undeath. Now I know that's a... What's the word, Jack? Uh, uh, contradiction? Contradiction. Yep. Living undeath. But uh, I'm doing perfectly fine just living my life. I don't feel the need for anyone to come and put me down. For now. What do you mean? 
Your friends will die. Will you bring them back to life? Of course. Will you animate them for company? Will you breathe the false breath of life back into their chests, keeping their rotting smiles by your side? Hey. Hey now. Immortality, regeneration, animation of dead flesh. How can you not see where this will lead you? How can it be that you have forgotten your teachings? I have slain vampires, whites, but none of these have been so in denial of their true nature as you are now. If you are permitted to walk the lands, eventually your nature will turn to ash, any good intention corrupted, the flawed logic will create evil deeds wherever you act. This is law. Mm. Yep. I remember all that. Law. It's funny you say that, because even after he's died, he seems to have still been able to do some good in this world. So... Relative. Relative or not, it's still better than some of the things that I'm sure you've done. Hmm. And Kraloth leans back, and he folds his arms, and he says, So what do you intend to do, youngling? Do you intend to strike me down right here? Is this your challenge? It is. Janella, be reasonable. You, you said yourself, corruption happens over time. This isn't the end for Kraloth. You don't need to end him to save him. We've got good things to do in this world. He has... A purpose here greater than anything. You don't need to pick the slim pickings, the easy cream off the top, the uncorrupted, the, the those on the start of their path. There's giant-ass vampires out there. Go kill them. Go deal with a real hunt lord. We got this one. I promise you. Janella turns to you, Jack. He's got people on his team who care about him, who are in... Who, I'll bring them. Who are... Tell me truly... Have you not seen a difference since your companion fell and was revived through evil magics? Has there been no change? It doesn't matter because we know, we know how to save his soul. And that's what we're going to do. And like Kraloth, I he freezes and he glances over at Jack nervously, then at Doran. Kraloth is not bad. He's not bad. He's like he was good and then he died and but he's not bad. Right? You're not bad. I'm not as good as I used to be. Jack looks over at at Kraloth and like his face says, "Yeah, I've seen it and I've, I'm really trying to be on your side, buddy, but pro undead stuff isn't going to That's still Kraloth. It's still him." He's sick. He's not... You can't kill sick people just because they're sick. You don't, you don't take the plagued people and set them on fire. You help them. And that's what I'm going to do with my friend. And Kraloth is a little bit taken aback by Jack's words. And he, he goes to say something to Janelle and turns to Jack and says, You think I'm sick, huh? You've been through so much. I, I don't know if... It'd be totally understandable if you didn't know where you were at. You died and came back, and you don't have your soul, and we, we, can, we can go get it. It's going to be okay. 
Why can't he just accept me? Kalimvor speaking to you. Some punk. When I had served him for a thousand years, why can't he just accept me? Why can't he accept that this is viable? That this is an option? I gave him my entire life, and I was not rewarded in the slightest. In fact, I don't even get to continue an existence that I would want. The only existence that I was ever allowed was for him and your God's forsaken order. If you want to strike me down, then I suppose you can be my guest. And Kraloth pushes himself off the back of Glynn and nods at Doran and Jack. You don't have to do this. No, you don't. You're... You can get better, Kraloth. It's... it's... No, I'm not leaving this behind. If this knight wants a fight, then I will show them what it is that I am capable of. And Kraloth pulls out his mace and immediately relaxes. And a smile overtakes him. And he says, this isn't your problem. You can go. I'll be fine on my own. You know we can't. No way. You're still our friend. If you have to stand here, I'm standing here with you. Then I'll kill all three of you. The priest clasps a gauntleted hand over her decorated breastplate and begins to recite a charge that you are familiar with, Kraloth. Death is but part of life. Fear it not, evade it not, and view it not as evil. To fear death delivers you into the hands of those who can bring death down upon you, die with dignity, neither raging nor seeking to embrace undeath. Do honor to the dead, for their strivings in life brought Faerun to where it is now, and to forget them is to forget also where we are now and why. And she hops down off of her horse. And Kraloth, twirling his mace in his hands, laughs to himself. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one, Janelle. Yeah, one that I've heard before. And he hefts his mace threateningly. You ready for the punchline? Doran throws a glance over at Jack. No, we can't let him fight. Your unholy tactics don't puzzle me, Lich. Kelimvor has well prepared his loyal servants for the likes of you. She casts a spell on her sword and takes an aggressive step towards you. B, Orin, you gotta get these horses and get out of town. We're gonna get Kraloth and we'll be right behind you. Yes, Master Jack. You don't deserve to walk the ground beneath your feet. Doran rushes up and, and stands in front of Kraloth and uh, presses his hands against Kraloth's breastplate. Kraloth, Kraloth, this is, this is not a fight you wanna do. This is not a fight you wanna take. Please. Kraloth is surprised. Doran. Doran, get out of my way. This is between me and the knight. Don't you see what you're doing? This is this is absurd. Kraloth turns back to Doran, breathing heavily. And his grip tight on his mace. 
He says, Doran, get out of my way. We're not going to let you do that. Shut up, Jack. No, I can't. You can't. We can't let you go get yourself killed. She's way too strong for you. This isn't where you end, man. We got to get out of here. This is a silly fight, Kraloth. Come on. We, we, we haven't even got Red with us. I mean... We've traveled too far. We're already here. <laughs> this is the end of the joke, guys. This is where it all comes together. <laughs> no. Don't you see that? No. Don't you see that this... No, I don't see it. If you don't stop right now, I, I, I'm going to raise my my axe at you. And Kraloth grabs Doran by the side and shoves him out of the way and goes to grab his mace and raises it and hefts his mace up high over his head, ready to strike. Jack pulls out his Belgard sphere, and then where the three of us were standing is an explosion of thunder, and we're not there anymore. Kraloth follows through with his swing and it smashes against a rock that shatters and uh, pebbles the snow. Stop it, Kraloth. What are you doing? What are you doing? Thank you, Jack. Did you come here to pick a fight? Are you trying to get yourself killed? (sighs) You've got shit to live for and we're going to see you live again. Why did you take me out of there? And Kraloth turns. Because it was a bad place for you to be. I was ready to have my redemption. I was going to end That's her. not redemption. What do you even... You, what does that word even mean to you if you think that's redemption? Kill him for... And Kraloth slams his mace against the ground and steps up right against Jack's face, an inch apart from him, and says, Kelimvor abandoned me. Do you know how that feels? Do you have any family in this world? No, neither do I, but I had my God, and he stood beside me every day, and he abandoned me after countless centuries. Do you know how that feels? No. I put my arms around him. Jack. I don't know how that feels, man, but you're not alone. Get your arms off of me. No. I'm sorry. This sucks. It hurts. You've been through a fucking lot, man. But you're not alone here. Doran's like on his hands and knees, kind of watching this all unfold. He eventually gets up and dusts himself off, and he says, Kraloth, wake up, man. I... It's over. And Kraloth slumps in Jack's arms, his big, bulky frame towering over him. And Kraloth relaxes in Jack's arms, shaking his head. We didn't pick this, man. We nobody wanted this. Oh, I. Uh, it would have felt so. Yeah, I. I just wanted to feel something, Jack. I just wanted to f- f- feel. I know. I know, man. But not like that. A lush, sun-dappled clearing in the woods slumbers in peace. The verdant tangle of ferns and undergrowth concealing rich, dark earth. Tiny white star-shaped flowers peek out from hiding places in the deep glade. No breeze stirs this quiet place, no rustle of life in the undergrowth. And then a shadow passes over, like a cloud 
but deep, ripe as fruit, heavy. The darkness settles on every leaf and flower like raindrops, dragging them to bow, corroding them. The ferns flatten under its weight, twigs shear and drop from branches. Soundlessly, the trees are crushed, limbs bent and cracked, the shadow bearing down. The forest is flattened in the space of a moment, the shadow destructive as wildfire, revealing the shape of the land, black and jagged, leading up towards the spire of a church on a hill. The path to the church is crawling white, teeming with insects, and that is when the bell tolls. The bugs curl their invertebrate bodies in response all at once, and then the land is no more. There is just the dark cloister of the church under the bell tower. Its arched hall seems to stretch and distort with the second reverberation of the bell, the sound rippling and penetrating the columns, cracking them like glass and reshaping them over and over. The bell swings on its yoke, impossibly slowly, as big as a wagon and etched with time, its clapper lurid, panting out from underneath. When the final toll is rung, blackness closes in from all sides, leaving nothing but the echo, which turns into the riptide sound of a wave. <sighs> Sunlight drenches your bed, Kraloth. Though the room is cold and a rime of frost coats the bottom of the window panes, your hearth is dark, the room is still. You're alone in the relative comfort of your chamber at the Hombrat Villa, your mace and shield and armor hung in the proper places, your boots where you kicked them off by the door, your sheets and undergarments are twisted. <sighs> Kraloth stares at the ceiling his eyes wide as he takes a deep breath. There's sweat on his brow, and after a moment of staring blankly, he wearily looks around the room. You see familiar artifacts that you've collected along your journey, but you don't hear any movement in the house. Kraloff goes to push himself out of his bed and is surprised to feel that his muscles are strained. They feel heavier than they've felt. His whole body, his bones ache. And with some effort, he pushes himself out of the bed and walks over to the standing mirror in the corner of the room. And he looks at his reflection. And he's not completely surprised to see that his face is sagging. The bags under his eyes are black, and his posture is slouched. He looks frail, and in that moment he turns and looks by the door where his mace is hung, and he feels the pull, the temptation to hold the mace again, but he he's brought back to his dream, and something calms him in that moment. 
a sense of nothingness, emptiness. Whereas at one point it was cold and unbearable, he finds solace in its lack. And he doesn't reach for the mace. So instead he reaches for his bag. He digs down to the bottom where he finds his tambourine. And he just holds it, contemplating. And he thinks about the music, all of the music. Denna teaching him long, long ago how to hold a rhythm while she played her lute. The music of Waterdeep that there's nothing else like it. Orin singing, singing about him, the Nightstone Four. A string quartet playing as he swirls across the dance floor with Marina Cindergather. Red dancing on a table, Jack's hand in his forehead. Doran pounding back a mug of ale that he chuckles to himself. And a tear rolls down his cheek. The door creaks open, and a tiny black face regards you tentatively from the corridor, maybe drawn by the sound of the tambourine that Jackson hasn't heard in a long time. Oh, (laughs) hey there, little buddy. What brings you here? He pads into the room, his big yellow eyes looking up at you with a little bit of fear and curiosity. He stretches his black feathered wings and then hops gracefully up to the bed to sit beside you. It's been a long time since you came in for a cuddle. And Kraloth pats the bed next to where he's sitting. Mm-hmm. Something's got to change, Jackson. I've been running. Running from the great unknown. I've been running for a long time. I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, I named you after my brother. He was small, like you, and he had a good heart. And I loved him to bits. And uh, the day came when I had to say goodbye. I had to say goodbye in the most terrible way one could imagine. Um, in some ways, I, I think that I never really said goodbye to him. Maybe that's why you got the name. I'm between two worlds of love. The world I've been in, I can no longer access. And the new world, the world that's always been there, I've been too afraid to venture into. And there's nothing here for me in the in-between. The Trasm head butts you in the chest, looking for more scratches. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and Kraloth shakes his head and reaches into his bag. And he pulls out a bit of dried fish in front of Jackson. Jackson pounces on it like he's afraid it's going to run away from him. <laughs> oh, you like that, do you? Hmm. Thank you for being here with me on this journey. Oh, it looks like uh, you might have given me an idea. And Kraloth stands up and stretches in his tidy whities 
And, uh, and he ventures downstairs. Jack and Doran, after resting for the night at the Hamperat Villa, you've returned to the road to discover what's become of your friend Red. It's a gorgeous morning for the month of Hammer. Sprightly chickadees are keeping curious pace with you and the horses, and it's clear that though the cold season is long, a thaw is coming eventually. You smell that, Jack? Uh, yeah. It's not shit fart. There's spring. There's spring in the air. It's far off, but I can smell it. It's still hammer, buddy. We're like three weeks into past deep winter. We got a long way to go. I appreciate your optimism. I'm trying to get there. Can't wait to roll on the clover. I really can't. (laughs) Where's Red? Well, I mean, that's what we're going to find, right? B last saw him in Belliard, so we got to go there and pick up the trail. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's all right. Doran kind of puts his hand up, shading his eyes from the sun, and looks up the road. Yeah, he's not up there. Let's keep going. Jack sort of looks back towards the the way they came. and, and You see a small figure waving wildly from the side of the road, maybe a couple hundred feet behind him. (laughs) Huh? Wait a minute. There's someone waving back there. (laughs) Wait, did we pass him? And Red runs up. (laughs) Red? (laughs) I thought I'd never see you again. Oh my god. (laughs) Hello. Where you been? What happened? Oh my god, you wouldn't have believed it. It was the craziest thing ever. I got a sack put over my head and... (sighs) On purpose? Hey, where's Kraloth? Kraloth is, um... He's resting. Uh, We left him in bed. In bed? What? It was a, a long night without you. Um, what? Yeah. Oh. You know, admittedly, we, we missed you, Red. And Doran kind of approaches you with arms open. It's sort of not like looking for a hug. He kind of looks to the side. Doran, and, what are you looking at over there? There's oh. 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 And Red slowly kind of embraces you for a hug. Aww. Red, we missed you, friend. <sighs> there, there. Hey. Are you okay? It's good that you're safe. I would be lying if I... If I said I wasn't worried about you in the slightest, but I know you can handle yourself. (laughs) And Red sort of sees the face on Doran and Jack, and something happened, didn't it? Kraloth's not just in bed because he needs rest. I don't know. The uh, the Church of Kelimvor sent a knight to um, Noner's Hold, and Kraloth needed to ride off to meet her, and... Got pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah, we really could have used your humor there, Red. <laughs> really. He's kind of lost his way a bit. But you got him out of there. He's all right. Well, we got him out of there. I mean, it's it's been a rough month for him, you know. I don't know. I've never seen anybody struggle so much internally. I mean, you know, I've seen myself struggle internally, but I, I've never seen anybody struggle that much. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I... I feel it too. I I think we all have, as of late, this something shifted in Kraloth, and I guess maybe this is the first time the three of us alone have been able to talk about it. And uh, yeah, frankly, and Red sort of looks odd at Doran for a second. Well, Jack, maybe Doran and I should let you in on something that uh, we found back in Silvery Moon. Mm. And Red pulls from his pocket a small ring. Look, the night before Kraloth, I guess really changed you know after uh, after that burial mound he he was different cursed yeah but but he 
but he became so much different the morning after Dorn and I found this, and mm. I thought maybe he had something to do with it. Yeah. Until we talked to uh, him, and uh, Red shows the ring to Jack. This is the ring that Kraloth found in Waterdeep, the one that allowed him to speak with his captain. Mm. You spoke with the captain? Yeah. Yeah. What a freaky experience. Doran and I did once or twice, trying to find a way to, to help Kraloth, maybe find a way to fix what was wrong, but he said some things to me that that I think might be really important to hear. And Red offers the ring to Jack. Jack picks up this ring and studies it carefully, and he slides it on his finger. The captain arrives without theatrics, Jack, materializing mid-step as he seemingly continues an uninterrupted path of pacing around your position, as if he's been doing it this whole time. He doesn't look up at you. Is this armored man, semi-transparent. He's looking off into the trees, looking for some unseen threat. Captain Treneros, Jack says, and casts a minor illusion just to try and let everyone else see where Treneros might kind of be in space, just so we're all looking at the same mm. vague point in, around us. I can us. see something. I couldn't see him when you put that on the ring. Uh, Captain Treneros? What do you want? Uh, Treneros, tell Jack what you told Dorn and I. Tell him what Tell him what you told us about Kraloth. What's done cannot be undone. I've told your companions many times. There is no magic I can fathom that will return Sir Kraloth to himself. He languishes here in this plain in undeath, his spirit rotting where his flesh remains. There is nothing more you can do for him. But... Treneros continues his pacing, circling around to the back of your party. I watched him die, just like the rest of you. I saw him fall to that creature. Everything that has happened since has been nothing. It's insane to think he could die after he's been with us for, you know, nearly a month after he's died. I mean, can't we just make it work? You should know better than the rest, Doran, that sometimes companions fall in battle. That is what happens. Uh, and Doran sheepishly looks down. Uh, people do die. But this is a curse. This this is something. No, Jack. Arcane. The curse is what brought him back. The curse is what's not real. What happened is that Kraloth died. And. We've tried our best to pretend that wasn't the case, but mm. that's the truth. Maybe, Jack says as he pulls off the ring and tosses it back to Red and climbs back up on Amakir and sort of stares into the middle distance as he rides back towards the Hamperet house. I always think there's hope. I mean, look at me. I failed so many times and yet I'm still here. It's not about failure, Doran. It's about accepting that things do break and things eventually do die.
The three of you enter through the double doors of the Hamperat Villa and are greeted with the smell of cooking. Oh. Mm. That's a smell I haven't smelled in a long time. What is that? Wow. All right, Rebecca, you make sure that you get those those scones out in no more than five minutes. All right, Jared? Jared, I want you to stir that rapid stew just right, just clockwise. Here, let me show you. Just a clockwise motion, just like this. Nice and even. You got it? All right. Now, how are those galettes coming? Oren, you doing all right with the stage back there? Yes, yes. No, no. Crash. You hear a crash. (laughs) (laughs) Can you go help him out, little one? All right, yeah. Red walks into the kitchen. Kraloth, Kraloth, you're cooking. And Kraloth turns around and he's wearing a bright pink frilly apron (laughs) and uh, just his linens. And uh, he says, oh, Red, thank goodness you're here. We're running out of some of the materials. Thought you'd be able to go downstairs and uh, get some wine from the cellar. Um, Everybody's busy, as you can see. Sure. Yeah, of course. Oh, Rebecca, you're all done. Perfect. You just let them sit there. Here, why don't you go get the wine from downstairs? And uh, yeah, Red can stay here. And Kraloth goes over to Red and puts his hand on his shoulders and says, You all right? We were worried about you there for a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm all right. Oh, it's good to see you. And he pulls you in for a hug. Mm. Oh. And pats you on the back. And Red hugs Kraloth back. Oh, Kraloth, you feel warm. (laughs) Kraloth smiles warmly at that. Yeah. You might be right about that. Are, are you hungry now? I, I, I imagine you're starving. Starving. I yeah. literally haven't eaten in twenty-four hours. Hey, do you want to? Do you want to help me out? Sure. I'll go set the table. And Red grabs a stack of dishes and heads out to the dining room and sets them up. And it's at that moment that Doran comes in carrying three bottles of wine, and in front of him is Rebecca, uh, hands empty. And he says, here, Kraloth, maybe this will make you feel better. Although you look like you're doing pretty good. Well, thank you, Doran. Thank you. I got a good night's rest, I guess. Yeah. And Kraloth takes the bottle. He takes a few swigs, pours a little bit in the rabbit stew, and uh, he passes it back to to Doran. Mm. Uh, It's been a good morning so far. It's been a good morning for us, too. We, We didn't have to go too far. He met us about halfway. We had a good ride back, and the, the weather is turning, and it looks like it's going to be spring soon. And, uh, there's just a lot to be excited about, Kraloth. Jack is in the kitchen, sort of crouched down, uh, petting Kieran for a minute, and kind of looking pensive, and he stands up as there's a little island of, of calm in the chaos of getting ready today. How you doing? Kraloth pauses what he's doing and turns to Jack and says, uh, <sighs> I, um, uh, I'm feeling balanced, I guess. Good. Thanks to you. Well. And Doran. You know, uh, I guess always trying to plant seeds of hope. That's, that's sort of the, the mission, right? Um. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully you can see a little further in front of you now. To the next sunrise, you know. And Kraloth gives a knowing nod. Yeah. I do see a path forward. You'll be okay. It will be okay. Especially when you get some food in your belly. Now, could you bring this? I think it's done, Jared. Here, could you take this over to the table? Make oh, sure. sure. That there's some, uh, 
some uh, placemats no, down so we don't burn uh, the wood. Uh, oven mitt. It's going to be hot, the pot. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, of course, let me, of course. Let me, let me help you here, like Jared. a three-year-old oh. boy. You got it? Uh, he's like going side but to side. He, he could fit in the pot <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> and after your hours of labor, everyone sits down to a family-style meal full of the favorite things that you've all enjoyed over the past little while. Notably, cooked by hand this time, with love, with help, and not magic. Doran finishes regaling the children at his end of the table about his tales and licks his plate, and he looks over at Kraloth, and he's about to comment on just how delicious that rabbit stew was. There was something in it that just caught him. But you know what? Instead of saying anything, he sees Kraloth looking around the room. He's not talking to anybody. And Doran decides, you know what? He's not going to make a comment. He's just going to enjoy the situation and, and let Kraloth enjoy the situation. Red skewers the chicken to the wall as he tosses a breast up and all the kids scream and laugh as he says, oh, go pull whatever pieces you want. And sort of he looks to Doran nodding, who's laughing and clapping. And <laughs> nice shot. His eyes meet Kraloth, who's just sitting there, smiling, taking it all in, not unlike he used to. And Red sort of meets his eyes and nods to him as well. And then jumps down and chases the children to the other room. And that's why I think they're the best silversmith in the desert and valley, honestly, B. And if, and if you try another bite of this galette, I think he's almost got it. I'm not going to say as good as Torin, but it's, it's up there. I uh, won't he's, tell him if you don't. What a chef. And after your plates are cleaned and the kids are upstairs on their way to bed, maybe you all retire in front of a, a crackling hearth with a, a drink in hand to relax and chat. Kraloth, I have to say that rabbit stew was perfect. Really? I have never had such a savory stew. I could have eaten the whole... Well, I... <laughs> don't tell the kids. I ate most of it. <laughs> well, that's why I made extra. I knew you'd be here. And Kraloth turns and stares into the fire a little bit. There's this moment of silence. And then Jackson comes out of the darkest corner of the room and winds his way toward you. Kraloth feels his presence and turns and then kneels down and begins petting Jackson, smiling. He looks up at his friends and says, uh, Do any of you know what it's like to feel neither here nor there? Hmm. Not really, no. How do you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I I, would love to get back home. I've been on the road for a while. Is that what you mean? Maybe not too dissimilar. I've come to a, uh, a realization. This uh, existence that uh, we're witnessing right now, it's not sustainable. I've been trying to delay a decision as long as possible but I'm at a fork in the road and I can't go any further without going left or right and I'll stop being metaphorical now on the one hand I could have chosen to let myself 
perish and be at peace. But then I would have to say goodbye to everything that we've accomplished together and to you all, the people I care most deeply about. Or, on the other hand, I could stay, be with you. Yeah. I thought that that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But I think that the souls of Denna and Jackson and Trineros himself, they're, they're already on to the next stage, doing whatever needs to be done in the great beyond. And uh, while I consider the three of you my brothers, and he pets Jackson again, I know that uh, my true brother is in that beyond. And I think it's time that I allow myself to be with him because as all fates would have called for, I already should be. And you know that fact as well as I do. And Kraloth looks at Red. I think Red is looking at Jackson. Kind of picture Jackson maybe a little loose in your arm. And he's trying to match eyes with Jackson. Kind of like absentmindedly trying to get the cat's attention. Like a child trying not to pay attention with what's in the room just kind of like hey cat doesn't look at you as it hasn't for a long time mm-hmm. and red sort of just drops his eyes to the floor <sighs> yeah yeah you're right this has been a month of borrowed time no, we're not out of options yet, Kraloth. We don't. We we could take you to Waterdeep. You know, there there must be something that that my sister or my dad could help us do to stop this curse. Or we could, we you know, we we're we're not, there's there's so much more we could do. I, what are you What are you talking about? We Jack. We don't ha- we don't have to stop. You you don't have to give up, Jack. This is a decision that's already been made by more than just me. <laughs> doesn't have to be a bad thing doesn't have to be sad but it's not just the only way it's it's my way red nods as you talk just sort of absentmindedly nodding along and he looks towards jack and sort of nods at jack he's right jack jack's just sort of stunned quiet shaking his head his eyes welling up with tears, his mind racing a million miles a minute to try and solve this problem and find another solution. It's not a problem, Jack. You don't have to be sad. Kraloth isn't choosing to die. He's accepting that he already has. And Red looks at Kraloth and stands. After we washed up on that shore and found that woman and child in the basement. We buried them under the awakened tree. We left our bloodstones on that pile. And Red takes a step towards Kraloth and another step and then grabs his hand, almost shaking it. 
I feel like we buried you that day too. And I'm so thankful that I got another month with my best friend. Red, did you know that you have the most brilliant soul that I've ever seen? It shines like a star. It brings light to a world of darkness. Keep that light shining. And Kraloth does a firm grip and handshake. Kind of doubles down on the handshake. And Red turns around and, and, and oddly Red's not crying. Red's cried at the drop of a hat. He's bald over Asta and he's bald over the loss of friends, but he seems satisfied in a way that he hasn't in a long time as he sits back down. Kraloth turns to Jack and he takes a couple steps and kneels down before him, puts a hand on his knee and says, my partner investigator, Team Corpse Inspectors, Jack, I'm incredibly grateful for what you and Doran did yesterday. I truly am. And you know just as well as I do that death isn't the last stop in our world. This is Faerun. And he gestures around. You know the map better than I do. You understand there are planes of existence that while I may be saying goodbye to you, there is another story for me in another plane. That's where we're all going. I'll keep the fire warm for you. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for everything. Doran is staring deep into the fire as you're talking to Red and Jack. Kraloth. I understand. I do. I understand and I appreciate that you're coming to terms with your reality. You know, someday I will have to face my own reality. Mortality, really. What can I say to you? What should I say to you? We all lead our own lives, our own paths in death and in life, obviously, too. You know, I've learned things along my journey with you folks about magic. Things I've never even considered before. Hell, before meeting you, I didn't even know there was another plane of existence. I just assumed that when we die, the worms eat us. And then we plant food. And then we eat the food. And so, I guess someday, I'll be eating you, Kraloth. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way I kind of think that's a bit ironic considering mm. you know some of the best food I've had has come from you and so you always could bring a smile to my face even on my darkest days you uh, <laughs> uh a long and middling smile <laughs> oh. you you happen to be the bravest person I know Brave and stupid. Well, well, they're the same thing, right? I mean, you I know? didn't want to say it, but... <laughs> I'll say it. Don't and stupid. Oh, <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> oh, shit. And Kraloth hangs his head and shakes it and says, I'm going to miss you guys. We're going to miss you too, buddy. 
Through the stone corridors, you wind your way toward the bowels of the villa, to the place where you fought and defeated the devils, where Jack summoned a fiend, where you discovered the cursed shield. The traces of the evil cult are mostly gone, washed from the tables and chipped from the stonework, sconces and fireplaces filled with sweet cedar wood and warm-smelling resin. The only evil that remains here is the memory of evil, an invisible stain. You come now to the metal hooks on the wall, bespoke mounts in the stonework for the items you took from here long ago, the shield of revival. The Mace of Deception. This is where it all started. The cursed shield. The imp. The hemperat woman. You know, I ended her. In cold blood. Well, the balance is an interesting thing, ain't it? Funny how the scales tip. But here we are. And, uh, well, maybe it's a bit of an eye for an eye. This is where my journey ends. No, Kraloth. It's where it's beginning. A new kind of balance. Yeah. And Kraloth unfurls the mace that's in a towel. And he places it up against the wall on the hook. Won't be deceiving anyone else. Not on this plane, at least. And then he reaches down for the shield. And he holds it up and looks at it. And he places the shield on the wall next to the mace. As you hang up the shield of revival, you forfeit your cursed essence. A light breeze whips up dust in the hall, whispering... Mist begins to leak from Kraloth's body. His eyes turn hazy, and with a final smile, he dissolves into nothingness. Goodbye, Kraloth. Red nods and walks away and slowly ascends the stairs back to the warmth of the Humprat house, and as he does, he stopped, seeing the face of Jackson on the top step, staring back at him. And again, he reaches a hand out with a little, hey, hey. He meows low at you and curls his way toward your ankles, affectionate for the first time that you can remember. And Red puts him on his shoulder and he says, it's all right, buddy. We'll press on. He's with us. It's episode 150 and Mm. we've had um, we've had some milestones under our belt before mm-hmm. episode 50 felt mm-hmm. big that was when we did our uh, rhyme of the frost maiden crossover yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. wow. episode 100 was a big deal for us I think we did a three parter in mm-hmm. Pella's want that's right yeah uh, where we introduced the notion of the hunger the yeah. 
Now, episode 150 marks another landmark for the show. Yes, I'll be leaving the show. Not just as a character, but also as a player. Kraloth has been on a long journey, and uh, so have we. It's uh, been a mm-hmm. a long road the past two and a half years uh, producing Almost this show together. Almost three years. Almost three years. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. Wild. <sighs> uh, I it's 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 been a difficult decision to uh, to come to, and uh, not one that I make lightly. Um, but the past several months i've been trying to balance everything in my life and uh yeah just had to come to the difficult decision to make some space for myself to uh you know be able to focus on some other aspects and and regain some of that balance in my life and uh Mm -hmm. and this is how you tell us (laughs) in the middle of an episode while we're recording an intro live (laughs) yeah sorry guys yeah definitely how could you just dropping so this planned. bomb on you guys didn't. Uh, I'm gonna didn't scrap talk the session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys rolled with but, last session so well. Oh man, <laughs> just speaks to nah. the quality of the improv. I mean, it, it's a tale as old as time, right? Uh, uh, yes. Getting tale older and having to sort of time. refine your hobbies and choose what you make space for. And mm-hmm. I mean, we absolutely understand the choice that you make and we're going to miss you on the show and the audience is really going to miss Absolutely. well i'm gonna miss i'm gonna miss you guys of course i mean it's not goodbye 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 right like (laughs) you're still gonna be in my life um, of course and um but definitely yeah i mean being a part of this show being able to you know spend time with you guys so regularly and create in this way has been very, very fulfilling for me and has led to a lot of growth Mm -hmm. and also just seeing how the audience has responded to dice chain has been really Mm -hmm. amazing to watch. And, and, you know, we're, we're really fortunate to, to have such just kind, warm, thoughtful, talented, creative, um listenership listenership and and i'm gonna miss you know seeing the the art and the conversations and the Mm. live blogging and all of that stuff and um i i'll I'll miss i guess contributing to it but i'll i'll still pop in to see what's going on because uh this ain't the end of the show no it's not well it's been a ride and i'm so honored that you took it with us and I hope you continue to listen and to everyone who loved Crayloth who's listening right now here <laughs> present as well Aww. thank yeah. you and uh and I promise that we're going to continue making a story that you're going to be really excited to listen to as well dragging Crayloth's mm. body everywhere is going to be really tough <laughs> yeah. so do it <laughs> I got his leg I want to say all of the best to you guys you've got incredible momentum here on the show incredible people so many people are are tuning in now and listening and there's just so much uh incredible energy uh that i see for dice shame and uh i'm really excited to see where you guys go next the great peaks probably Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.